Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. It is the Red Men Podcast. We are here. It's another week. I think this is the fifth week we've been doing this, which is astounding because time seems to be going really slowly, yet really, really fast at the same time. That's bizarre. Um, I'm joined. Uh, I'm Paul Mitchell. I'm joined by the man, the legend, um, the man that I, you know, I hashtag believe in, in Pajak. It's Mr. Chris Pajak. Like a fucking pig in shit with all that stuff, aren't you, mate? You absolutely love it, don't you? I'm, I just regret putting that picture on Twitter now. Now I, t- I go on Twitter and it's your fucking profile picture and everything. You absolute arsehole. Anyone who's wondering what we're talking about there, we've just started our Football Manager Series, live streaming on the YouTube channel, and um, I had more fun um, creating Chris's character than I've had playing the actual game itself so far. Um, and yeah, if you want to see, I'll keep it on there for a little bit longer. At the Paul Major on Twitter, you'll see I've made Chris's face, Chris's digital face, my avatar, because it's glorious. Um, right, okay. Um, we're also you know the joined... really annoying thing, Paul, right? A, it looks like I've had two strokes, one on either side of my face, and B, it does kind of look like me. Mm. So that's why I'm really annoyed. That is the thing about those football manager faces is they just have enough about you that, they, 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 yeah, they do. And did, um, you, did you see that moving units edit? Mm. God damn, he's good, isn't he? Yeah, just what I asked for people to put Chris Pajak's faces on photos of Chris Pajak. It's, it's 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 terrific. Anyway, Ross Chanley, good to see you. Looking lovely, fresh, tan. How are you feeling? All right, yeah. Coping with that football still, but you know, it's it's all good. Yeah. I, uh, I, I might change the official Redman account when you're done with that picture. So just let me know when you're done and send it over. And... Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's where I listen. It's just all about creating a digital, a digital wave, a digital thunderclap or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's not, to... Paul. It's about embarrassing me in as many places as possible. And that's fine. As long as we're both on the same thing and we both know that that's it. So don't tell me it's about a digital. You gave me the wave. photo? A digital wave. Photo? You sound like some London business wanker. Yeah, Spent too much time with them over the years. Um, the uh, yeah, Chris Page, just for it, just to put this straight, tweeted me the picture of himself in the game, and you know, so he, throw outrage, yeah, throw outrage. He's tried to create a little bit of like you know online buzz, and then I've just taken the bat on and run with it. That's all I've done. Um, right, anyway, back on the channel um, for the first time since his crushing defeat on the Friday night pub quiz. Uh, oh. Well. You're lucky you've got me back. <laughs> I've been hiding under a rock ever since. <laughs> no. You've been invited back after that performance, to be honest. Do you know what's funny about that? He never mentioned it on the news on Monday. This is the first I've heard about it. Oh no, it glazed <laughs> over at me completely. It was awful. It was awful run out like. Um, to be fair though, I didn't stack up that many po- that that few points in last place. It's nearly mm. nine thousand or something. I'd be interested to know if anyone's watching who also, or watching or listening who also watched the quiz or has watched the quizzes for the last three weeks, where does Errol rank in terms of the lowest scores across the three quizzes? <laughs> just, no, 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 just for fun. I don't think just I'm bottom. Fun. I don't think I'm bottom of all three quizzes, by the way. Just to let everybody know that from the off. Okay. If if James Sutton did better in the first week than you, though, like wasn't he meant to have been bladded as well? Oh, he, he was. He had the one. He doesn't even remember doing the quiz. 
gosh, I've got to have beat his score then, surely. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll see. If anyone wants to do that for us, we can't be asked. If you want to do that, that'd be great. Uh, right, we're going to have a warm-up question. Um, actually, hang on a second. Is Sai, si, you on this podcast? I just realised this. Or is Sai just behind the scenes? Sai's no, behind the scenes. Sai's behind the scenes. That's cool. I realised mean, I realized Sai, I'm looking at the full face like, is this really rude if I just don't say hello to Sai? Is that right? Sai's <laughs> uh, no, pulling all the strings um, behind the scenes. So, yeah, that's good. Give a big shout out to the comments. to the. Oh, or is he? Or is he? Yeah. So I sat at home with sat at home with no kecks on. There's no way it was known whether he is or not. Um, Daniel Crawford in the Redmen TV subscribers group on Facebook has uh, said, "What sport would be the funniest to add a mandatory amount of alcohol to?" Chris Pager. I mean, the, the, it's. I wish I'd have looked at this question first. To be honest, um, they're they're all pretty funny. To add it to, um, but I'm going to say long distance swimming. Okay, isn't that really dangerous? <laughs> Funny that, yeah. <laughs> and competitor in lane number three. Yes, he's drowned as well. Okay, <laughs> pull the camera away. What did he do? Like in the national, where they put like big sheets over them. What did he do? Did they get a big fishing hook? You know, like a big net. Just turn them into boys. You got a big just, net. Just, just wrap them up and wrap them in something orange, and there you go. You got to swim around the next boy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah in terms of what would be the most dangerous like formula one's probably up probably up there isn't it God. oh ross go on ross you got what, what what would be funny about people driving cars at 200 miles an hour bladder because that's the main reason that people watch formula one you don't want to know who wins the race you wait for a crash not for someone to get hurt or die waiting for a crash and they changed it over the past 10 years so it's a lot safer so yeah, people don't watch it you know I'm saying drink and drive, I'm not encouraging that, but I'm just saying answering the question. You are right in so much as, and this is Chris is a big Formula One fan, so he's doing very well to keep this to himself with the outrage that he feels that you basically saying that no one likes Formula One apart from when people crash. Um, Chris genuinely gets <laughs> the races, um, but um, <laughs> but um, look, the casual your casual F1 fan turns up for the crashes. That's what they do. I, I agree. I'm not saying it's not you saying people. The thing is, you, you don't need to do that anymore. You, like you just don't they're all on youtube there, there's no point in tuning in for a three hour long race you just type in f1 crash and they're all there trust me yeah but chris you know i'll be surprised yeah there's, there's tens of thousands of hours of fail videos on youtube but if i'm walking down the street and someone walks into a pane of glass instead of going through a sliding door i still so laugh funny. my ass off of course but you're not gonna you're not gonna walk around the street hoping for that to happen for three hours are you well you might do but you're not gonna go out just for that reason, whereas I think I think Ross is right. I think a lot of people still do watch F1 and hope for a crash, but it's a, it's if you don't like it, it's quite boring to sit and watch just hoping yeah. for a crash when they're all there on YouTube anyway. I think uh, I've got an idea. Gwen, what do you think? I'm torn between something like the UFC, just because I think it'd be it'd be pretty funny to just watch them going throwing haymakers <laughs> bladdered at each other. Do you know what I mean? Like. Can you imagine Darren Till just taking heads off while he's had a bevy? So I think that'd be quite funny. Um, but then I'm also torn between something like pole vaulting. Yes. <laughs> the hand-eye coordination, the amount of like, it'd just be a mess to just watch. I think it'd be hilarious. I've got a, we... I'm not, I'm not sure it's an actual, well, it is a sport, but like high-speed chess bladded would be i mean i've done it in dr duncan's many a time when they when they've had the chessboards and i was playing this i was playing this guy not that long ago probably december or something me and me and paul i there and some guys looking at us and he's like what's going on there he's playing chess and we're like oh, we're just having a chat now we left the board um and he was like oh okay and he sat down and played with us for like two and a half hours and then he went i'll just have a game on my own and he was bladdered at this point because he'd been drinking with us for ages he was from sweden and he just started playing and he was going so fast. He was like some kind of chess genius or something. And then he just went, oh, and packed the pieces away. And we went, what's going on? He went, oh, I forgot whose turn it was. And we were like, the speed he was going to the, like, duh, 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 king to this and all that. And then he just went, oh, and just packed all the pieces up. So that, that could be quite funny. Or jousting. <laughs> I think you'd also have a degree I think there's probably a degree of mandatory alcohol involved in jousting one way or the other really isn't there I've got a couple of interesting ideas um, snooker I yeah, thought absolutely. that yeah just to liven things up I love snooker and I love the sedateness okay. of snooker but I think there could be a, a separate league for just being bladdered and playing snooker and let's be honest it's in the same honest, category well, as darts though that innit it'd be just as yeah. someone darts are they boozed up anyway 
How many yeah, watchdogs? He must be. Everyone else is. But the other one. The other one is the golf. Like I just think people lining up like really difficult putts and like getting down on their hands and knees and just like you know like judging the greens and it turns out that one of the shoes fell off. You know and the, uh, yeah, I think I think there could be a, a degree of amusement. Mm. Definitely in, in the in, in the golf one. I mean, I've done it. It's hard. Um, I've done it in many different types of states, um, and alcohol is probably the worst one to be honest with you, because um, it's it, it, it essentially what they're asking you to do is very difficult. You've got a hole that's three hundred yards long. You've got a piece of iron and a really small ball, and a hole that's approximately three inches across, and they're telling you to hit the ball with a piece of iron four times and get it in a hole that's three inches across. It's just dead hard. So when you piss, you just end up swinging and missing half the time. Mm. And I do it. I do anyone it. else just... Or the third three holes, three inches apart or something. Yeah, anyone else just basically start wondering whether there was massive euphemisms in what Chris was saying there. Like, I, mean, I was like, is there, a, is, there a, is there an opportunity to slide it? And then, well done, Chris. Um, does, anyone, right. does anyone remember that game, Slam Ball, from back in the day? It used to be on Trouble. And it was yes, basically like a with hard... the trampolines. Exactly. Oh, that, what a game that was! That would be a belter game if you was bevied. Yes. I'm just throwing that out there. I think that would be fucking awesome. I think we've got a winner there. Thanks very much for that, Earl. Yeah, keep your suggestions in the comments. Um, what sport would be the funniest to add a mandatory amount of alcohol to? Thanks very much to Dan Crawford for that. First and foremost, Mr. Chris Pajak wants to talk about Project Restart. Yes, I do. Um, mainly because it's the only thing that's interesting in my life at the moment is when's the football coming back? Um, so look, the Premier League are now talking about uh, resuming the season and we know that Arsenal, Brighton and West Ham have now are, will now be opening their training grounds from Monday for individual work and stuff like that. Uh, you've got the culture secretary, I think his name's Oliver Dowden. Dowden, don't know how to say it. I said he's been in contact with clubs about restarting the Premier League as soon as possible. They're talking about operating probably by the 18th of May. Everybody back in training. This is it, isn't it? This is this is the time that you know, and it's just finally here. And you know, they're also talking about free-to-air television. I just I just can't wait for all this. I just want everyone. I want, I would just want to know what everybody thinks about it. The the free to air television stuff I thought was really interesting. This I've been thinking about this for 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 a few days of like the spectacle of it and maybe that because what I was thinking as well is you know the issues we've got and everyone keeps bringing these up and the right too is where the games get played because they're apparently the real stumbling blocks to this project restart is there's a ton of clubs who aren't happy with it because they're being proposed at neutral venues and they're not happy with that with that idea which might scupper it. it was in the that was in the times today um but also like things about where people are gathering and all that if you make and, and there's no way they're going to make it all free to air because sky pricks but if you make it if you were to make it free to air you run you, you reduce that notion of you've got to go somewhere to watch the game you know what I mean, and I, I I like the idea of that. I've I've been I've been bought in on this idea of like a festival of football thing. Like put them do do the do the season in in six weeks, cram it all in three games televised every day, and put it all on free to air, or at least put like the nighttime game, or even better, thinking about thinking oh good about the World Cup when you have when you have like the three o'clock, the six o'clock, and an eight o'clock or three five whatever it is. Oh oh my God, Chris, it makes me it makes me. You know, makes me tilt my desk. I was talking to um, Mel Reddy the other day about about this, and I said, "So, like, what? Why are they doing this? Opening the training grounds, Arsenal?" And she said, "A lot of it is down to the fact that they want to get the players in the right headspace for Premier League football. Because right now, there's a difference between training at home. You can do exactly the same training." at home as they're probably going to do give or take in their house but it's about making sure getting them back into the routine of going you're playing Premier League football and some of the stuff they're doing is interesting Ross I mean players are arriving in groups of five to do individual training sessions 10 pitches are used so players don't come into contact with each other each player is assigned their own ball um, so they're not like sweating on somebody else's ball and getting it changed anymore uh, players are on a rotor and told where to park. Buildings at the training ground are closed and they feel it's safer than the parks because people are coming up to them and asking them for selfies. It's madness. Uh, yeah, I'm quite sceptical about it all. I, I think it's good they're doing things in stages. Because that's what's going to happen with us, isn't it? When you, when you remove lockdown, you've got to take things step by step and see how it goes. I'm only cautious because as soon as something bad happens, that, that that's it done. I'm exactly the same as, as you, you and Paul in that sense. Of, you know, I want football to come back <laughs> for the sake of my own mentality and, you know, and, and for my job. 
but also, you know, if th- if things aren't done properly, but it sounds like they're th- you know they're willing to go and do that and not put pressure on people, and it's over what a two month period because is it mid June that they, they want to bring football back? Um, I think there's a meeting on Friday, isn't there? Yeah, eighth of June. Eighth of June. Yeah, eighth of June. Um, but they want people back in training. I think it's it's mid May. Then Sam go for it. It sounds like they, they, they thought it all out. And like I said, the other concern is like where do they put all this? Because the main reason that they're bringing football back is is money, isn't it? Because you know clubs don't want to pay the Sky and BT sport back. Sky and BT want their product that they that they they, they pay for. So as long as they're not pressured by media companies just to kind of rush it back for the sake of people's safety then then I'm good with it but yeah <laughs> bring the football back I think you know we've all agreed that you know if, if Burnley are playing Norwich you know a bit like the World Cup I'm watching that No definitely I, I agree with everything that you have said really the one thing that I, I picked up on what you were saying there Paul was why some teams didn't want to play in a neutral venue but right now you can't fill the ground with fans anyway so it doesn't really matter where it's played so I don't I don't really get that argument to it but like you guys are saying there I'd, I'd really love to be able to see some sort of footy back in the summer uh, I, wonder, I wonder if it's like just a competitive edge thing you know how you know I, I don't know which the clubs are off the top of my head but I wonder whether like let's say you're Chelsea, Arsenal, United, Spurs, and you're effectively in a fight for Europe with Wolves and Sheffield United, mm. or, or may, and it, this could be the big club or the little clubs just as much. You know, being even if you've not got your int- intimidating home atmosphere, there's something to having that process there. Exactly, your peg, your seat, your facilities, your your preparations that you might feel gives you, you know, like again having the you know the Sam Allardyce thing of turning the heat up in the away dressing room, that kind of stuff. Uh, These are stupid things, but I wonder whether, and I don't know, I'm speculating. I wonder whether there's any of that much apart. There will be, but the sorry, Errol, there will no, be, no, but, there will. but equally everybody's in the same boat unless yeah, they're playing like every it. every game at Old Trafford. You know what I mean? And only money, and then that's not fair if they do that. Yeah. Um, but my the real interesting thing for me is it's the free to air because you know in the BBC article that I cited to you lads they said TV why why does it have to be TV mm. why can't it be Sky's YouTube channel why can't yeah. they make money off the back of it we've seen BT Sport do this with the Champions League final for ages now yeah, they put yeah. the Champions League final out for free everyone goes oh that was great maybe I'll sign up next season Sky and BT can still make money off this, especially if they've got every pissing game on their YouTube channel, Sky Sports Football, Sky Sports Premier League, Sky Sports Football, whatever. Think as well. Yeah, you know, they, you know, they, or do they have their own free-to-air TV channel? I don't know, but in like they might not. They do, they do on, on certain packages that you've got. There'll be like a free-to-air, and sometimes they used to play the games 24 hours afterwards, so you'd yeah. still be able to watch it 24 hours Maybe it'll do last the games like a Burnley Norwich on the free to air, but all the blockbuster ones, as you so called, will be on the Sky thing and they go, Well, you want to watch this game? You can have two yeah. free this day, but you want to watch my night in Liverpool. <laughs> you got to pay that, for that shit. That's, that's yeah. the point, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, I think when you read free to air, you immediately think BBC and ITV yeah. and Channel 4. And I don't think that Sky and BT are going to let that slide, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. But you're right in saying that, like, Sky have got the facilities to do this. They have, like, free weekends on stuff all the time. They do it on the movies, they do it on that. They've got full control over what you see on that box. Um, so you can just like, turn the channel on for free one day, is what you're saying. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yes, you know, you've, I'm sure you've tuned into some free views on on Sky in the past. Um, the, yeah, you Sky know. Sports News, I think didn't they? That was free for like a year. And then, yeah, then that, 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 yeah, that was it. That's what Paul was talking about. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> well done. you, just, jumped, you just jumped in front of a bullet for Chris there. Well done. Um. <laughs> they always used to do that at midnight, didn't they? Yeah, 10 minute preview. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, very, very exciting stuff. I, this is really interesting to me. Like, the because it, it's such an uncertain, I keep saying this, I've, I've used the word uncertain more times in the last five weeks than I've done in my entire life, I think. Unprecedented. Um, it's an unprecedented time. Yeah, absolutely. Strange, weird, mad, this, isn't it? Um, but all, and all That's of the above. But yeah, one. it's everyone's, everyone's, it's mad, this, isn't it? Um, but because no one knows, I just, I, I keep, my point on this is just, I just like to know something because we had the stuff with the Eredivisie last week and, you know, and obviously it's voided and it's, it, it's not voided, is it? It's a, it's a weird hybrid of being ended early and being, being sort of pseudo voided and stuff, and then you got this rumours about this project restart happening, and just off the off the back of that, and then you're seeing French French football has been told it's not going to be coming back till August, um, and that, and you, 
yeah, I, I need to be able to find a way to make the peace or make plans or preparation. I'm a long-term planner, and it's killing me. It's killing me off figuratively um, that I can't get, get a grip on this. I just, I'm dead excited. I'm a, I'm a football fan, and I, and you know, we'll caveat all of this because we have to with the whole safety of the public. It's not up to us to be, you know, I mean, other than taking our responsibility for ourselves, it's not up to us to decide whether it's you know, whether it's safe for the public to consume or that kind of stuff like, but if they can find a way to do it, and as football fans, I'm sure we'd all agree some form of footy back, even though it will be crap, because football without atmosphere is nowhere near as good. I'm just dying for the entertainment. What are we going to call it? Because, I mean, let's be honest, this Project Restart sounds shit. I mean, it's the most uninspiring name ever. Like, you normally it's like Project Whale or just something random, isn't it? We've got to come up with something better than no, Project Whale. No, for when you're trying to catch chavs or paedophiles, though, Chris, when you put the prop, a weird name on the end of those things. So, I mean, which maybe it is. Maybe it's a double bubble. Maybe that's what they're going for. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it feels very derivative because like Project Rebirth is um is like a Captain America reference. But yeah, we could they could do uh, pizzazz is what we're saying. We need some more pizzazz. That's where it should have been. Or the 66. Or the 66. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love I love it when you make a really obscure Star Wars reference and you wait for to see who clicks onto it or not. Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like Star Wars as well, but that was yeah. right. Pre- prequel trilogy, mate. Okay. Wicked, yeah, I know. Shite that it is. Um, okay. Um, yeah, comments and thoughts on that if you want uh, by tweeting us at the Redmen TV or use the comment section underneath on YouTube. Um, Ross, what have you got? Um, I want to talk about Newcastle and their takeover bit. So I'm doing something with Newcastle fans TV tomorrow. I want to talk to them about it and ask loads of questions. But one of the questions that I asked was, what do you think their headspace is like in the sense of like we've all slated Man City for kind of buying the league and chucking money at it, and Newcastle will be fans will be part of that and. Do they just kind of forget all that and go along with the ride? Go, oh, yeah, so, so I'm the end of my cash, I'm getting loads of money now. And, you know, what would you do as, as like a local fan if that happened? Because you know, we're known to have done it like the proper way or we've invested properly and got money. If someone came in, it's when there's, there's billions of pounds, go and do what you want. Would you have any conscience to go, this isn't right? Because I know there's a couple of things with the salaries of like human rights and just all sorts of, of components to, to, the, to the actual bid and what's going on. Whether Newcastle fans actually think about that or just go, oh, shiny money, end of my cash, it's it's funny, isn't it, that like it, it's probably a testament to how bad an owner Mike Ashley is that Newcastle fans are prepared to go to bat for people with horrendous human rights records behind them. Because just... <laughs> um, no, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. The, the thing that it, if they pass the the fit and proper owners test, then you know that's a that's a thing in and of itself. But like, yeah, I think it's, it it must be exciting. The thing for me about it is Newcastle. I think Newcastle and Newcastle fans have. are, are deserving of having a, like a mega rich club I think unfortunately their track record means that it wouldn't shock me if it all ended up in tears but if, when you think about them as a football club and the size of them as a football club like if they got this if if Man City's owners had bought them instead I think I would begrudge it far less mm. um, because of history and a fan base you know, yeah, yeah exactly exactly yeah 100% that yeah Anyone else? I think, think they've got to marry up with each other, haven't they? I think they've got to have that history and fan base, as you're saying there. But even if you are going to come in with billions and billions, it's how you then funnel that money into the club. If you do just want to splash all against the wall and just go and buy every best player in all the best positions and pretty much just buy your way to a league title, then you can still look at them and say that they bought it. But if they do kind of build up the academy or, you know, they, they've got the best coaching staff and then they start buying, you know, individuals that they can build a team around, it is slightly different and it probably would look more similar to the model that we've done. So there's there's a couple of ways that they can do it. But if you're a Newcastle fan, I just think they'd be just made up the fact that Mike Ashley's out the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the I- bottom line. The, the the interesting thing for me is I, I kind of disagree on the, the City deserve it less. City are a big club, bigger than Newcastle were. They just weren't in the Premier League for as long. You know, mm. well, and, and even to that point, Newcastle were up and down. You know what I mean? You know, Man City, I think, have won more league titles prior to their ownership. Did they win one? Have Newcastle ever won the league? Uh, good question. City had won one, hadn't they, I think? They won the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point, actually. So, yeah. so why is Newcastle deserved? And Man City fans were always noted for being boss. Like, think about when they were in League Two, taking 3,000 away fans to every ground. They were always talked about as being boss. The reason it's all been soured is because of the way that they are now. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's very difficult to take that and forget about that. Yeah. 
I'm, so Newcastle for me are just as deserving as Manchester City were. Um, and Newcastle it, don't have to become that though either. That's exactly, I mean. that's the thing. But if Newcastle did become that, I'd hate them just as much as City. Mm-hmm. Simple. I, like, and but uh, but also, we're one of the f- few clubs that are the incumbents' powers, aren't we? You know what I mean? Yeah. We're the ones sitting there protecting. Uh, we, you know, wasn't it better when it was a top four? Now it's a top six, and you don't like it as much. It's going to be a top seven, and you're probably not going to like it as much because it oh, bloody hell, Newcastle with all their money. Just it's just the way you you hardwired as fans to think, unfortunately. And I, I'll hate them. I will hate them. I don't yeah. begrudge it now, but in ten years, if they if they've won five league titles, I'll hate them. Yeah, I mean, my, my, I suppose you're right. I think that there's that thing of for me, they at least they fill the ground. <laughs> but uh, City did, though, City did put, before the money. And his games behind closed doors. Just a tweet it says Man City's official attendance fifty two thousand. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, genuinely, City used to fill their ground before they got bought. Yeah. Yeah. It's only since then that it's all gone sour, as far as the, that goes. There's, there's a lot of old fans that were there for Division 1, Division 2. That I've, I've met a few that don't go anymore because it's not the, the team that they recognise anymore. Oh, do you want to know something, some interesting stuff? I've got it up just for the sake of argument. Newcastle have won the league four times. After, yeah. Yeah, they won the second division four times as well. Obviously, they've done another championship. FA Cup six times. Um, the Intertoto Cup's the best European trophy they've won, which is probably not far from what Man City have done. Out of interest, City have won the league six times. Second division seven times. Uh, FA Cup six times. Yeah, there you They're go. They're the same, yeah. They're the same yeah. Ilk, aren't they? Yeah, about, aren't they? But yeah, I, 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 it'll be interesting to see. You're right, Chris. A professional and sporting rivalry makes a big difference in that. Because you're right, I had no problem with City and it was probably like, I, don't, I also used to have no problem with Oasis. Um, but these the one things thing, seem to sour over the years. The one thing that I think it would be good for, though, is the North East, just in terms of obviously Definitely. they haven't got like a powerhouse of a football club up that end of the world at the moment. And obviously with Newcastle going up and down and being a little bit fluctuant in that sense, it would just be nice if they could just be, you know, a powerhouse for the northeast of England. And, you know, that's just my take on it. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Well, I'm sure all the people in Sunderland would disagree massively. Um, but there, so, so be it. You can't. And possibly our captain. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Errol, what do you want to talk about? So I think it would have been this week that they would have been announcing the PFA Player of the Year and the gongs would have been going out and obviously the, um, the ceremony's been cancelled for obvious reasons. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on who would be your Player of the Year. I can imagine it's all going to be a Liverpool player and then obviously we can park that and then pick a non-Liverpool Player of the Year as well for anyone else that might just be watching. Mm-hmm. Chris? Um I'm, I'm going to go Jordan Henderson as player of the year for the simple fact that the timing of when the season broke was perfect for him. I mean, he, he proved how important he was where Liverpool stopped winning every single game when he um, yeah. when he wasn't in the side, came back and Liverpool looked like a different side again. Um, so I'm going to go Jordan Henderson. I think he was unbelievable. And I'm going to go um, something a little bit different. I can't bring myself to, to give it to De Bruyne, although I think he's the best player in the league, potentially. I'm going to go Adama Traore because of just a massive jump in what he did and how just difficult he was for teams to deal with this season. And I know he doesn't have the stats to win something like this, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, you know, old school, most improved. I'm going to give it to Adama Traore. Amazing. <laughs> Ross? Right. Uh, I, I agree with Chris. Jordan Nelson takes it for me, I think, on and off the field. I'm not sure what the criteria is, but I think, you know, take the past couple of months into account what he's done and getting all the captains together and you know, supporting the NHS. And the things that he already does for the football club. Anyway, the fact that World Cup champions, the form in, in the league, you know, by now he should have lifted that Premier League trophy on top of everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, we talk about improvement in players I, and being recognised by opposition fans as well. You know, there's a lot of England fans or fans for the clubs that have slated him. I think he's, you know, they're set up and, and you know, taking note of him now. And I think that's down, down to him and what, and what he's on Liverpool. For the, Non Liverpool, I don't really think about other players. I've really watched anyone, to be honest. You know, I think Chris is right. De Bruyne is probably you know one of the best players in in the league right now. But I don't know anyone who's of merit. But you know, I think as as a collective, you know, there's probably people that are like you know at Wolves or Sheffield United who will have really good seasons, but they don't stand out because maybe there's not characters. You know, at Sheffield United or, or, or you know teams like that that, that do stand out. So yeah. I'll probably give it to one of them because I think you know what they they've done is. It's gone under the radar because of what Liverpool are doing. I mean, mm-hmm. I think they're equally deserving of something. It's an interesting one. I, I can't. I mean, 
it has to be. If there's, I don't think De Bruyne should win it. But I think if another if a Liverpool if it wasn't going to be a Liverpool player, I think De Bruyne should. You look at his like his is it like his assist return is ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous this season. And um and he's brilliant, isn't he? And he probably players of that quality. You kind of you don't know how long he's going to be at that level for, and it matters more that he's not at that level for long now that Man City and Liverpool are, are rivals on the pitch. I'd be happy yeah. for him not to be this good for a very long time. But if I was to take my you know my red tinted glasses off and put me you know generic football supporter you know bucket hat on, presumably with like my 1990 World Cup England shirt, uh, I would be made up you know for, for someone like De Bruyne to get it because he should players of that quality should be getting the honours. Um, what's weird? Just gonna, this mad vision of you with a fucking Sony Walkman as well. Um, throwing beer over myself when I get excited. Yeah, with the um, what's that thing in motion? World in motion playing in your fucking <laughs> big bum oh, bum yeah. bum bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, um, for the Liverpool one though, like I, I agree, I want Jordan Henderson to win it. And it's mad that my other choice would be Sadio Mane, and yet Sadio Mane doesn't have as many goals or assists as Mohamed Salah. Mm. Um, and yet, so Salah should be Salah's just unreal. Like some of the stuff I've seen him do this season, like I have laughed. I, I like I haven't seen performances like that since Suarez, when a guy's just gone and taken games by the scruff of the neck um, and been un- absolutely unplayable. But I don't know. Yeah, I think Mane because. When we say like the most improved thing, Chris, I think it's interesting because I don't think it's been a staggering increase for Mane, but I think he's crossed over this season from being a really good Liverpool player to being a really great player on the world stage. You know, we look at his ranking in in the um, uh, European Player of the Year, the Ballon d'Or awards and and the FIFA Best awards. And, you know, if he played for any other of the top European sides, he he might actually have a a bigger chance almost of winning it because the votes get so diluted because we've got so many good players. Um, So I would be be made up for Sadio Mane to get it because I think you go back to the Champions League final in Kiev when Salah goes off and Mane tries to win us that game single-handedly and he steps up to the plate and he'd been doing that for the season before when he was our main man. I think the few players in our team who have so consistently done everything in their power to make Liverpool champions, quite like Mane, I don't think he'll get the recognition, but he would Do you be... think that's also because of how Salah plays as well, because of what he's done the two seasons before, people going, well, he can't leave Salah on his own with one person. We'll put yeah. two people on him because his hold-up play, what he does now, is different. And let's be honest, mate. If if he was on, if he was in the Pepsi adverts, or he was on the Nike billboards, yeah, I think well, I've I said don't. this for a while. Like you know, players become become accepted as being world class by it. osmosis. It's not necessarily your performances on the pitch. It's it's your whole brand needs yeah. to be on point. And Virgil but van Dijk. He's Dye. got the New Balance boots, mate. Man, <laughs> he's got the New well, Balance boots. Exactly. He's got a documentary. No, no. It's on, the, it's on the front of line. She's there for two and a half days. Yeah. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Well, that's the boys, isn't it? Is that it's it's it, it, the, the documentary thing's interesting because of that. That means that I think he is starting to he will get more. He'll have more eyes on him and people talk about him. But like Virgil van Dijk, Bernardo Silva made the point on a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? We talked about it in the news that he was a bit. It was a, a throwaway comment, wasn't it, Ross? A bit like how Liverpool win prizes more often because of the Liverpool, and there seems to be a thing that goes along with them because City put down the two best seasons in Premier League history back to back, and Virgil Van Dijk and Mo Salah won the the PFA awards those those two seasons um, because. Salah scored all the goals. Everyone was talking about Salah, best striker in the league. And then Virgil van Dijk was this this mythical figure last season. Whereas you I, could argue like Bernardo Silva and, and, and Aguero and stuff were having just as good seasons. That comes down to personality as well. I don't know if it's the bubble that we live in, but you mentioned all the stuff with Salah, but you know, it's the, the stuff that, you know, managed, I think it's in the documentary as well, of, you know, building hospitals and helping out education in his country. And like, I don't really see that from any Man City players. Whether they do that or not, it is a different thing. So the only thing I see from Bernardo Silva is him moaning about it in the Q and A. you've got Liverpool players that are, you know, donating millions of pounds to, to where the next. My point about my point about them is more that like everyone really everyone in the Premier League really rates Bernardo Silva, but the people in Serie A talk about him being one of the best people in the Premier League they no. might do but probably not you know like there's a, he's not on the short list of the best players in the league whereas you know there's all of the again it's all the associated stuff that goes that goes around it really. to get himself on Virgin Media it's going to be sound won't he <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have went for um, Virgil van Dijk I think he would have as ours um, I think he picked up from where he left off last season I still think we've got the best defence in the league I still think he's been a man mountain of, of a, of a centre half for us really where I think he gives everybody else the confidence in front of him to go out and do what they can do because they know defensively he's going to show things up. And more often than not this season, obviously up until the Wofford game, it had been working for us. Um, so I don't think we could have done much better than that. I think in my lifetime, the only the only time we've the only season where we've lost more than what we've lost this season was the 08 09 season. It was the best I've ever seen. Um, so I think we've done a couple levels better than that the last two seasons and I think Virgil van Dijk's a big part of that um, and out the other players from other teams I would have picked Jamie Vardy would have been in with the shout because he's a um, top goal scorer as it stands at the moment for Leicester uh, and I think obviously Leicester as a team sitting in a European place is a big achievement so yeah. that those two part and part those two hand in hand kind of would suggest he might be in with the shout. Um, and Obama Young for Arsenal maybe as well. His goal record and his goal return has been solid for them all season. Uh, I've always liked him before he moved over to the Gunners anyway as a player. And I think he's, if it wasn't for his goals this season, they probably wouldn't be sitting in the top 10 uh, of the Premier League as it, as it stands right now. So he might be another player that could be in with the shout for an interest. Interesting Trent, one. Trent, Trent wins the young player, by the way, hands down, no messing around at all. Mm-hmm. Nobody yeah. else is in sight. Klopp walks, away, Klopp walks away with the manager's one, and Wilder comes in second. End yeah. of. Yeah. I think there's a few players that would uh, that be in a, a good shortlist or would make a good shortlist for the young player of the year, though. Yeah. If you're in contention. You might Who? find, like, uh, Mason Mount or, yeah. or, or or someone like that might get the uh, get the Proper like, like that, though, Mason Mount, won't he? Uh, was brilliant the, when he was brilliant. Who's yeah. the young lad for Norwich as well? Is it uh, Cadwell, yeah, he's yeah. had an alright season. Yeah, he's had an alright season as well. You're right, Trent, Trent, just because he's been doing it on the big stage, on the big stage as well, isn't he? But yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't to be. To be honest, he should be on the shortest for player of the season. Yeah, never mind the young player of the season. He's lucky, or that, or I should be saying, in terms of the PFA, they're lucky that he's able to be in that category. You find that a lot. It's like lads who, like Harry Kane, one young player of the year, didn't he? Up when he was, everyone was like, is he, is he not like thirty? But he was like twenty-four, I think, and still winning the young player of the year award because it allows you to get another big. Yeah, another I mean, big I, I'm, I'm sure it was Ronaldo won the young player of the year when he was by a mile the player of the year. Yeah, I'm sure they love it when that happens, don't they? Because they're essentially given to, aren't they? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, let us know yours then. Who do you think should be, and who do you think would be your non-Liverpool one? Again, tweet us at the Redman TV or use the comment section underneath. Um, right, there's something I want to talk about. 
um because i haven't done this on the news shows but it, it broke that liverpool are delaying the the build on the anfield road um extension plans uh the athletic.co.uk covered this james pierce is talking about the reasons kind of why um and it's likely to be yeah put back a full year which is is a real disappointment as far as i'm concerned um obviously you can get this article on the athletic.co.uk if you want to get it we've got to deal with them at the moment where you can get 50 percent off your yearly subscription by going to the athletic.co.uk forward slash redmen tv uh, where you'll see this article but we're going to talk about it anyway um ross i'm i get it i mean look this, these are the kind of things that are going to happen at the moment we're seeing all kinds of knock-on effects from the pandemic and what have you my fear with this is that you don't get long in the sun as a football player or as a football team um, and you get your times to capitalise on things. And I really hope this isn't, you know, one of those opportunities where we, we, we're we not going to miss out on the opportunity necessarily, but it's that, it, it could be damaging to this wave we're, caught, we're sort of coming up to the crest of. Potentially, yeah. The, the big take I took from it, and I think you went to one of the meetings as well, didn't you, Paul? Yeah. Uh, I think I went to the last one uh, with Matt at the time, and it was about the timing. So same as the main stand, wait for the season to finish, get the work started with you know, the biggest gap you've got where there's not going to be football being played that's all been thrown up in the air now isn't it because we don't know what's going to happen so if we could finish this season there could be two three weeks and they start the next one it's just not safe to go and do so but as, as you spoke there it put me back to when Peter Moore was talking about the furlough stuff and I think I can't remember what, what his exact phrase not what he said basically you know okay we can pay, pay those people but we might put a short in other places that might be one of the things that you're talking about there saying well are they going to stop Liverpool doing this now so they can Put some well, of the cuts, some of, some of the costs towards that, but I think you're right, right. Riding that crest of the wave and thinking we're building this stuff, we're building that stuff, we're still getting curvy, that's still happening. Yeah, I think it's just a case of delayed time, so it's safe to to put it together. Yeah, and and Liverpool are keen to stress that there's a bit in the article where they asked, you know, James Pearce kind of poses the question: Is there financial elements? And he says Liverpool are adamant. This is about time scales and practicalities rather than cash. And it's backed by the fact the finance of the project's already in place. Um, so yeah, you know, you. you Let's just think about it though. Let's just think about it for a second. Construction's pretty much stopped, hasn't it? Mm. Um, So they're going to come back and they're going to have to start the projects that have been stopped. Mm -hmm. And you can't just walk out on a hospital halfway through or whatever. Can you? you Seen the new Royal Hospital, Chris? It's literally why I said it. Um, And and then, (laughs) (laughs) but you're not supposed to. Um, And then. You know, these got other projects in line. You know, you might be in with a really big building company who've got loads of work to do, who are saying, look, we don't know, we can't work at the moment. You're going to have to push it back. It might not be just Liverpool, you know what I mean, is what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Every industry is affected. Yeah, exactly. And it's just a shame because obviously the plans sounded really good. That all knew they were talking about. Um, it was going to be like the main stand where they, they do it during the season and get it finished in the close season that it's ready to go. You know, the, the, the following season, the plan was for it to start. Um, the plan was that in the off season in 2002, they'd get to a point where the current upper tier would be dismantled and then the new structure would be, they'd be they'd been building behind and over it would then be connected exactly like the main stand. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this is just, maybe a little bit of, hopefully it doesn't come to pass, but you, I have that thing, that's, this is the problem again, comes back to it with football, like footballers have short careers, you have all these things, I really, that's my big fear about football not coming back soon enough, is that, and it's a selfish thing from my perspective, because I'm a, you know, I, I'm just such a, uh, Liverpool are too important to me, I don't want us, I've waited, no, but I've waited so long for us to be good, yeah. and you know, we joke, we made a joke, we did a show, like what, Two and a half months ago, when this was all rumored to be happening, the pandemic and stuff, and we all we like we laughed it off as us being like a, a fear mongering. We laughed it off, you know, this whole typical Liverpool if something stops us from being X, Y, and Z. But yeah, that's you know that that is the that is the fear, isn't it? At least the asteroid never hit. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That might have been four days ago. I think it must have gone by. You know, I think it was the twenty fourth of April. Yeah. Hang on, I can hear something. <laughs> no, Do you know what, I think it's. Um... It's obviously not a good. It's not good timing for anything like that. But I'm more bothered about the future of the club, and if it means that in you know in ten years' time we've still got one of the most competitive teams in the league, that you know has got one of the biggest capacities in the league, and we and you know we've got one of the biggest fan bases around the world, and I don't think it's going to hamper us that much to delay things by a year. Uh, I think 
what what the article is alluding to about it about being about practicalities and stuff i think that just makes sense right now because even in, in my type of work that i'm doing at the moment all the projects that our work we're putting on have been put on hold um that we was doing up in fleetwood and stuff like that just because it's just the way it is at the moment yeah. you know what i mean things have been had to be redistributed and funds have got to be elsewhere for the time being so there will be stuff like that all over the place um and i can imagine now with it being the football side of things making sure that the football on the pitch doesn't get affected is probably the main priority from everyone concerned. Yeah. Look, everyone, everyone's in different situations, aren't they, Paul? I think Machiri will be made up that this is getting delayed again because yeah. they were starting to get a real date in mind there. Um, the Everton ground and, and, and Machiri will be happy about that now. <laughs> yeah, and it means as well they don't have to rush to put up some more like boxes or cladding to block the view of the new stands like they did with the last one. Um, we don't have to build a whole new stadium. Like those down yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, but I think you're right in terms of the financial side of things, and it's obviously mentioned by James Pearson in the in the article. And you know, it gives Liverpool breathing room because they're now because it doesn't it means that they don't have to be financially committed to to taking it on to getting it done in the time frame when of course the world's still very 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 uncertain. So like they don't need to rush to get the planning permission confirmed and all that kind of stuff. Like so, yeah, definitely want to watch it again if you want to read that article. It also like it also depends on like when people can go back to the football stadium. What's the point in building more seats if you can't put anyone in there? <laughs> yeah, yeah <true. laughs> that's a good point. I mean, I, I, I am a little concerned about Everton though, in in regards of you know the way that the world's coming back to how it used to be. There's blue whales in the Mersey now. I mean, their planning permission might just get fucked off. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, you got blue whales and sharks and dolphins down there. They, they might just. You know, take over them docks. We're gonna find unicorns at Bramley <laughs> War before they put a spade in the ground, Chris. So uh, don't worry about that. Or even the Arteta money pool. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you can get that article theathletic.co.uk for slash Redmen TV, and again, you get a fifty percent discount off your yearly subscription fee uh, to the Athletic. It's really, really good, and you can get involved on there. Some boss, boss writing, keeping us up to date with everything that's happening with Liverpool, and of course with World Footy as well. Right, yes, we're going to move on to the Sanity playlist. Each week we create a playlist on Spotify created by three tracks that we each pick that kind of, I don't know, give you a slight insight into our mood, mindset, things that have been getting us through the past seven days or so. Um, Chris, real real mixed bag this from you this week, mate. You think so, mate? Vampire Weekend. And then, and then I've never heard of the some mixed bag. Okay, yeah. Um, Vampire Weekend, their new album's an absolute belter. And what I love about Vampire Weekend albums are that they're just pure sunshine albums. I always feel like it always reminds me of going to see them in Glastonbury a couple of times or going to see them at an outdoor festival or whatever. So I, I love it when it's sunny. Vampire Weekend, I always put on in the summer. Then Menzingers, Boss at a Punk Band, and Ganache is a bit like, I don't know what type of music Ganache is. It's like... Um, Maybe it's for younger people. I, I, I genuinely couldn't tell you. It's it's a, it's a cool song. I think you'll enjoy it. Like I think you'll like it actually, Paul. And you'll definitely like the Menzing, Menzingers. Perfect. Good. Look forward to it. Ross? Uh, Arctic Monkeys for 505. Because I don't think we've had an Arctic Monkeys song on any of the playlists so far. Um, Wish You Were Here, Pink Floyd. Um, just a, a quality tune. And appropriate probably right now to someone. Um, and Basil Lerman, Sunscreen. So, oh, Everybody's Free. Because yeah. it came on the other day, and I was like, it's such a, like a poignant song. And there's a line in it for someone in, in that song. I thought, for anyone who's feeling down or a bit crap at the minute, go on, back that on. Amazing. Just check to see if there are any little ears listening there. Well done, Ross. Well, um, yeah. The, um, yeah, no, that sunscreen is a absolutely brilliant song. It's the most, I didn't get it. We like, because we were teenagers i think when that came out but you're too young to appreciate all the vice that baz lerman offers in that song stretch stretch everyone everyone stretch always stretch it'll save yourself in later life uh no absolutely bangers there Adelaide, i haven't got yours what what you gone for uh i was just gonna go for uh kanye west through the wire uh oh, nice. dropout album i think that's a just a classic kanye tune um i was what was the other one i was gonna have james blake's retrograde as well that needs to be thrown on there Um there's a few house mixes of it but i think the one on spotify is his version of it it's a belter uh, and then the last one i'm torn i didn't really have one i kind of wanted football's coming home because now we've been given some sort of dates <laughs> i'm kind of optimistic that it might be but i think i might just scrap that and i might just find dig out another liverpool local if you don't mind i've seen yeah. his work on spotify 
Spotify the other day. His name's SSJ, and he's got a tune out at the moment. Um, well, he's got two, but the one that I like at the minute called Kosher. Um, so yeah, give that one a listen on the on the on the playlist. Absolutely. I um, so I made this like summer playlist, which has been sorting me out, and like you know the weekends it's been really nice, and I've been out in the garden and having a few bevies, but I I kind of overplayed it, so I just needed something to throw on. I didn't want to have to make a new playlist, so I just typed in um big band on. Spotify and it came up with like all the best songs from all the best big bang uh, big band artists and it, so I've gone for a big band slash swing triple header of Ain't That a Kick in the Head by Dean Martin Don't Rain on My Parade by Bobby Darren and Mac the Knife by Bobby Darren as well uh, particularly Don't Rain on My Parade that you know it's a, it's a some proper power uplifting songs because there's like a show tune version of there isn't it? I'm sure it's like Barbara Streisand or something who's, who, who did a cover of it or maybe it was the other way around I don't know but I really like that version it put a proper that kind of music apart from like the really the really wanky croony like love stuff which is all a bit like it can be a bit much um, but so many really you know just the drumming's all fantastic and all that stuff and yeah really get you get you pumped and get you in a good mood for some sunshine so yeah that was that was a little key into my weekend um, just gone um, and Sai's gone for Lizzo, Juice, Talking Heads, Nothing But Flowers, and Big River by Johnny Cash as well. So, yeah, you can get on to all those songs. Um, I'll put the link in the description. Uh, we'll tweet it out off the Redmen TV as well, or you can just type Redmen Sanity um, into Spotify. This is the fifth week of that. The, f- the four previous weeks are there if you want to go through them and uh, get a little uh, get a little you know boogie on or whatever, then you, you go and do that. You go and do that when you finish listening to this. Let's get a little update. Last week, it was Chris versus Tom. Just to give anyone new to the podcast, what it is, is that in the previous series of it, um, we had to do schoolyard rules, alternating picks to pick two 11s based out of the current Liverpool squad. Last week, we mixed things up after I won that round of, of the fixtures. We've now gone for the 13-14 Liverpool squad, uh, linked intrinsically to the fact that I have it as an option file on Pro Evo this year, uh, thanks to uh, Pez Universe. Um, so, yeah, we go head-to-head, we pick our 11s, and then I live-stream them on twitch.tv for slash Mates Gaming on a Friday night, and we have our ultimate winner decided by the game, simmed by the computer. Um, and last week, Team Chris took home the victory over Team Tom with this. Suarez, he's been the only man of note in this entire game so far. Aspas, what can he do here? He's just playing with himself. He's playing with himself. Shot but here comes Martin Kelly striding forward like a champion racehorse in the final fail of international. Henderson! Jordan Henderson! Jordan Henderson! Jordan Henderson! 13-14 Jordan Henderson! His fingerprints have been all over this game and he has broken the deadlock in the 84th minute. Shades of things to come from Jordan Henderson, the man who would go on to Little Legs lift the Champions League, future captain, doing all of the dirty work for Steven Gerrard here, arriving in the box. Wonderful touch by Jordan Henderson, weaved it into his spell and fired low, low beyond Simon Mignolet, an unstoppable strike from Jordan Henderson, Jordan Brian Henderson, take a bow son, you may well have won, Team Payjack, a place in the final of the schoolyard game. Chris, the poll finally won out, yeah. and I'm just, just talking about you. <laughs> it, it should have done, you know, in the first series as well, to be honest, Paul. Um, it was a disgrace that we weren't told that the deciding factor was a game. It was the poll when the teams were picked, and I won the poll. Then all of a sudden I lost the game, and that was series one. How decided how we were going to do it, um, because I never got to the final, which was interesting. So last week I picked it for the computer game, and I won. Yeah. There you go. And I'll win this series because I know what the rules are now because they're not just being made up on the spot to make me lose. What's really not better about it though? Don't worry. Obviously not. Uh, what's really <laughs> interesting is that you both of you did you forget John Flanagan existed or was it a deliberate decision? Uh, yeah, I forgot. And well, no, I didn't forget. I uh, miscopied the list of players onto my piece of paper. Right, sounds because Martin Kelly ended up at right back for you and created the winning goal. 
Fuck it, I say. Um, I, I, yeah, basically just dead lucky there because I literally just forgot to write Flanagan's name now. Yeah, yeah, and Tom actually had his play. His teams have played three games in this now and red, managed to register their first shot on goal, not on target, on goal in three whole games of football. So he's been cursed from the start. Um, yeah, I know, honestly. But... <laughs> I don't know why he's so bad at it. It's just like, it's it's a pretty arbitrary thing. Sliders, Paul. Yes, <laughs> sliders, that's what it is. Bearing in mind that I beat Ross the other week with Adrian at right back. Um, but there, there you go. Anyway. What was the result of the poll? You you had like a 95% of the poll, I think. I saw it at 97, like. Yeah. I think I think it was like ninety five point five percent of the poll. I think. I just I just so that's what it finished on. I I just kept getting tweets about it, and they were like, "Did Chris have picks one, two, three, four, and five? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Uh, yeah, if you want to go and check out, uh, obviously that was on last week's podcast. You can check how they came to that. If you want to see the game, it's still there. Twitch.tv forward slash Mage Game, and uh, with my commentary over the top is there for you to go back and peruse. This weekend is me versus Ross. Does anyone have a coin? Oh, you asked me this last time? Yeah. No. Every week, I do it every week. I don't think about it and I don't have anything to, to flip. Sai, have you got anything you can flip? Oh, I've got a penny. What? Flip I, your phone. I, lit- I literally pick my wallet up once a week now. Yeah. So, like, coins I definitely don't have. Right, I think we need, yeah, I know, Ross, but just for the sake of fairness, I think it's probably, has Chris or Errol got something, anything that they can flip? Not in arm's reach, like. Not gonna lie. I could throw myself onto the bed and do a spin <laughs> at the same time, and if I land on my back, we could say that that's tails. I mean, I I'm could happy put, to turn I the camera around some, and have a go. Yeah, I could do put it. Put behind me back. I've got things that I'm like. Chris is going for it. Oh, oh. What's wrong with this? Well, you because you're you're playing. Right. Ross has got a penny. Right, Chris. I'm gonna call. I can't hear you, remember, so I'm just going to jump <laughs> back straight onto the bed while you are ripping the quill, so hey. Up, up. Go! Hey! I think... Uh, I guess first bit. Sorry, what happened then? <laughs> I don't know. I think I landed on the side, to be honest, lads. Uh, maybe we use Ross's coin. Go on, Ross, you want to flip the coin? No, put it back in the bowl now. In the bowl? Yeah, you might have to put this bowl full of okay, whatever. rubbish. I bang my head on a Mac then. Honestly, I apologise to, to podcast listeners on this. Uh, as ever, I would always encourage people to go and check things out on YouTube. It is where we it is where we shine. Um, go on, <laughs> go on, Ross. Do you want to flick it and I'll call it? Yeah, go on. Flick. Heads. Tails. Okay, do you want to pick first or second? Yeah. First, Suarez. Oh, hey. Okay, um, Gerard. Mingley. Uh, Son of a bitch. Uh, Jones. What? You don't need to buy a goalkeeper when there's. Um, Coutinho. Sturridge. Sterling. Swat. We can't uh, have him. What? We can't have him. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'll have... Were you annoyed at him? Were you calling him a twat? Or... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will have Lucas. Hendo. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I will take Alan. Sacco. Okay, I will have uh, Aga. Skirtland. Torre. John Glanson. <laughs> Sad. Uh, I will have uh, Jose Enrique. Mm. Um, Sissoko. Sissoko. Okay. 
I will take John Flanagan. Do you remember Flano? I can't believe no one's gone for Martin Kelly. He was literally the difference maker. <laughs> it was as well. <laughs> Did you pick Lucas? Yeah. Well, just not many midfielders knocking him out, is there? Um, Victor Moses. Ooh, okay. Um, Iago Aspas. <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> who's left there? Uh Luis Alberto. Shit. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, Jao Teixeira. That's it. Oh, dear. Okay. Have you ended up with Jao Teixeira in your side, lad? I'm going to go. I have to go with. I'm going to play four. I'm going to play mid. I'm going to play diamond. Yeah. What's your midfield line look like? What's the 11? So, my 11. Is Jones in goal? Yeah. Left back Enrique, right back Flanagan, mm-hmm. centre backs Agatore, uh, midfield anchor of Lucas, me two centre mids Joe Allen and Joao Teixeira, Stephen Gerrard in the ten, and Ooh. Sturridge and Aspas up front. Oh, that's Ooh. got goals. That's got goals. Uh, yeah, I, I can't understand why you've ended up with four centre midfielders. There was no other attacking players left. Right, okay. What about Jordan Ibe? You know what? I didn't even write Jordan Ibe down. There you go. Done it again. This is how, this is how I ended up. <laughs> this is how I ended up with Henderson at centre half when I played it last time. <laughs> right, okay, there we go. So, Ross, what, what's your team? Uh, me lane goal, Glenn Johnson, Sacco, Skirtle, Tissoko in defence, uh, Hendo, DM, Coutinho, Luis Alberto, and a front three of Sterling, Suarez, and Moses. Yeah, he batters you. Mm. Sorry, yeah. that Rossi's side's far superior. Let us know in the poll uh, what you think it would be. If you want to go vote on Twitter, you can do at the Redmen TV. And if you want to see how that game pans out, uh, again, twitch.tv forward slash mates gaming uh, about half nine, half nine, Friday night, um, live on there, uh, one for the ages, I'm certain of it. Um, but yeah, wait with bated breath. And I, I am certain that I'm going to get killed on the poll, but hopefully, you know, the poll has favoured me in the past. So let's see how we get on with all. Uh, let's get to a couple of questions before we wrap up then. Um, Richie Cram, favourite footy kit of all time. Doesn't have to be Liverpool. Chris? T87, 88 Liverpool home. Crown paints. Crown paints, nice. Both of them, you know, equally the grey and the the grey and the red. But I, I do I do have a tendency to think sometimes I prefer the candy one, sometimes I prefer the crown paints. But overall, I think I prefer the crown paints. That the 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 red home one from the next season, the candy one, was my first ever Liverpool shirt. So that holds like a proper proper special place in my heart. One well, Ross, what have you got? Um, I think it's it's the one that the, the new night ball, uh, new night ones based on. I think is it ninety four, ninety five, or maybe ninety five, ninety six, ninety four, ninety four. That was my first ever kit. Um, was that the white and green? Was that the white and green away? The, the home, home. One, the red one. Oh, sorry, no, okay. With the white and teal thing around it, yeah. I like I've got one upstairs. It doesn't fit me right, but like it's just just for memories and nostalgia. I like that one. Amazing, Edel. Did we have a champagne kit? I don't know why. I feel like I can remember. Yeah, the kit when I was a kid. Neto bag one was that or? No, the Ecru one, like the the, the the cream one. Yeah, it was a it must have been like a cream one and had the the it was like a circle emblem. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was that was one of the, kit, the kits I had as a kid. Uh, but one of my favourite ones is the 0809 home kit. Yeah. I like that one. And to be fair, um just a little backstory as to why it's probably my favourite kit is because Yoshi Ben Ayum gave me Ma one of his uh, one of his <laughs> match day kits. Um, randomly one day after uh, kids went to the same school, um, oh, wow. so that was the connection. And uh, he was he was obviously playing for us at the time, and he took he got us tickets to go and watch. I think we played Bolton over one Christmas, and then afterwards, a couple of weeks later, he just turned up to the schoolyard and gave him one of his shirts. So yeah, it was one of my favourites. Like back is in the day, one, is this the school that Science I went to as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's oh, bad, that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, funny that's you've got Yossi Benayoun. Had sure. had had a Yossi been a you shit. Oh, devastating. I've I've moved a lot since leaving me ma, so I don't know where I couldn't tell you where it is, but 
Yes, it was. On him. eBay somewhere, didn't it? Absolutely got it. Yeah, yeah, un- unsold. Um, the um, uh, yeah, I, I, I uh, Liverpool-wise, ninety-three, ninety-four, the away kit with the green sleeves and the black, big black three stripes up the side is probably my favourite Liverpool away kit. Random other ones like the. It, it, I don't. I can never remember the year, but there's like a spell of AC Milan from like '86 to '92 where every one of their home shirts was gorgeous. No, pre, it would have been pre-Opal. It was like this is more like the Hullet era, the Hullet Van Basten era of um, kits. It would have been made by, uh, might even have been made by Lotto at the time. There was an Adidas one, and then there was an, then there was a couple of Lotto ones that were absolutely fit. So yeah, probably something. I think something. international ones was at the 2002 World Cup where Nike must have just sponsored every team that played. <laughs> in that World Cup they did Belter kits that year yeah yeah definitely in fact almost all of the Adidas kits in World Cup 94 are absolutely I absolutely love every single one of them so yeah take your, take your pick from there uh, right we're going to be doing loads more questions from you guys over on the redmentv.com it is the subscriber exclusive Q&A show it's just more of this if you enjoy the podcast and you want a bit more of us just shooting the breeze and chatting and answering some random questions including uh, if you had to recast a Star Wars movie with the lads from Redmen who plays who would you rather have your dominant your non-dominant arm replaced by a random animal or have your entire bottom half replaced by an animal's bot? What the hell is that question? Um, and, and and other stuff. I'm not sure we're going to top that question, to be perfectly honest. But go to the website, theredmentv.com. Sign up. It helps to fund everything that we're doing at the moment. Obviously, in, in interesting, shall we say, times. Um, the people who subscribe to the website are redmentv.com subscribers are absolute heroes at this point. If you want to join them and get loads of amazing content too, you can do. There's an exclusive interview up there this week that I did with Martin Kelly. Not just hero of um, Chris Pajak, uh, his pro Evo team, but also a really good lad as well. Interviews with Jose Enrique. Um, there's loads of loads of exclusive stuff plenty of stuff to keep you occupied in this time go and join up and we'll see you there Ta-da. hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm